I'm Helen Marshall, and this is the Diary of a CLO. I hope no one's listening, but if you are, definitely share it. Lavinia Mehadintu is everything good there is about L&D, and she's on a mission to provide access to useful information and research for L&Ders across the world. As founder of Offbeat, a platform for L&D professionals to accelerate their career growth, Lavinia is really helping the industry upskill and practice what they preach. We chat about why creating Offbeat was so important, learning and the importance of reflection. Enjoy! Lavinia, hi and welcome to Diary of a CLO. Thank you so much for joining me today. If I was ever to have a bit of a, an L&D fangirl moment, it would be this, um, because I am I somehow stumbled across your work a while ago, probably on LinkedIn, and I've, I've been following you ever since, and I absolutely love everything you're doing um, in terms of content production, but also the contributions you're making to the L&D community as well. So I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you for joining Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm smiling and blushing and, and all that. Uh, yeah, thank you for your, your nice words. It's it's a pleasure to provide as much value as I can. <laughs> Lovely. Well, so uh, for those who don't know, you're the, um, the, the creator of Offbeat. So I'd love it if you could just tell us a little bit more about what that is and, and, and why you founded it, essentially. Of course, um, I'm going to start with, with the story of why I founded it. Um, it was around three years ago, I was leading a team in my previous company. Um, I'm based in, in Bucharest, Romania, for those who, who don't know that. Um, and I was leading this beautiful team and we were trying to uh, learn as much as possible as a learning and development team, because what I noticed happened was that we were making sure that everyone else had, had access to resources, that everyone else was learning, but we were kind of like the shoemakers without shoes. So um, yeah, we were trying to figure that out. And then um, what I, I also noticed was that there was so much information overload out there. So there are so many articles, podcasts, eBooks, whatever you, you want to, to find on the internet, but it's hard to see which ones are actually valuable and which ones bring a new point to something that, you know, maybe you, you already know. So I started Offbit as a newsletter first, and um, I've been curating uh, weekly these amazing resources that I'm uh, I f- I find on the internet, which is basically you know other other people build build them, and I'm just there to kind of um, pick up on what they're saying and share it with with everyone else. So I think the first thing we're we're doing is uh, lower information overload by curating these high quality resources, and then what what happened was that I started connecting with people with people from all over the world, which was freaking amazing. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest. And I got to know them. I got to uh, know their stories, their challenges, the way they are they are solving those challenges. And I realized we, we uh, hold so much valuable knowledge in the community. And as time went by, I also started making introductions like, Oh my God, I'm talking to this person and they are mentioning a challenge and I know exactly who they should be talking to, 
to you know get some inspiration or, or some solutions for their challenges. And yeah, I started doing that on a very uh, small scale, one on one. And in the end, uh, we last year we launched our our paid community where people join us to um, meet in different settings, either one on one through our mentorship program or in in small groups through peer peer learning groups or in uh, weekly sessions that we have on different different topics. Um, so yeah, I would say to to summarize, I would say that Offbit is a space for LNDs to learn continuously, no matter the challenges that, that they have. There's so many good things to pick up on from that, Lavinia. And I think that the first place to start is, I think, L&D teams have notoriously not spent enough time in investing in themselves. And I'm definitely seeing that as a conversation that's happening in the industry at the moment. And it's so refreshing to have something that is as putting that issue into focus have you seen much much talk yourself of, of that being an issue in the community yes definitely as i as i was saying like everyone is talking about this idea that we're like the shoemakers without shoes and everyone is feeling that they should be investing more in their own learning and development i mean we're learning a lot on the job which is great don't get me wrong. Like that's amazing to have the opportunity to, to, to have the, the role that's challenging enough to learn on the job. But at the same time, I what I see that's missing is the are, are these new ways of doing things, you know, picking up from other disciplines, for example. In our community, we talk a lot about, you know, systems thinking, behavior change, um, marketing, or whatever else uh, we can we can get inspiration from wherever else we can get inspiration from to improve our work. And I think that's one of the angles that I've seen a lot of chatter about. And yeah, um, people are more willing to to invest in, in their own learning journeys. Uh, and, you know, it's also a matter of showing our, our worth and showing our worth means that we we also need to learn so yeah mm -hmm. and I think the the other element from what you were saying previously is around community as well and having that space to connect with people and um and share ideas how so do you do you uh, encourage kind of uh, virtual meetings or do you have face-to-face -face? how does that work in in what you do yeah, we, we um, encourage both somehow, like every time I, I go to a new, new city, I make sure that I meet with the small community that's in, in the city. But most of the time we're, we are um, online, we're a global community, we have people from the US, from all parts of the US, from Europe, from the UK, Australia, Brazil, so we're everywhere. And I think this global first mindset that we have also is it's extremely helpful because people are looking for that. Are They are curious, you know, am, do I have the same challenges as anyone else? Or are other people from other parts of the globe approaching challenges in a different way? And yeah, there there's a lot of learning happening from, you know, the questions we ask, the examples that we share in the community um, across continents. Um, so, yeah, we're 
online global first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good to have that reminder as well of bringing kind of diverse thought and opinion into a conversation as well, because it was so... I think we can often be quite guilty of and of looking within our immediate communities or our immediate networks for validation or input and actually widening that conversation can enrich things so much more is that something you found Yes I I, I was just having a thought a thought while, while you were speaking um Something else that we try to do is bridge the gap between L&Ds from big corporations and L&Ds from small startups. Because what we found, like the practices might be similar, but the mindsets are very, very different. And influencing, you know, finding a balance between, between the two parties and helping them learn from each other is extremely valuable. You know, L&Ds or HRs from startups are uh, iterating a lot, are launching very, very quickly. And we're seeing more of that adoption in the big corporations when we facilitate that interaction. On the other hand, I think L&Ds from big corporations are way better equipped to deal with stakeholders, to be a bit more political, if if I have to say that, um, than, you know, L&Ds at the beginning of their, usually L&Ds and startups are maybe at the beginning of their journey. So, yeah, even that gap being bridged, we found it very, very useful. Mm, I can imagine, yeah. And that, and does that tie into the, the mentorship element of what you do then? Are, are you trying to connect those people in a really purposeful way or are people coming to you saying, what do you think or can I speak to so-and-so? Like, How do you um, facilitate that? Yeah, so we start, um, everyone who joins our community has one or more conversations with with myself just to try to understand the challenges they have, the um, solutions they're using, what they're learning currently, what other things they would like to learn. And then once once that's very clear, we also tap into you know learning methods or spaces where they feel more comfortable. Are you feeling more comfortable in a one-on-one setting, in a group setting, whatever? So it's just trying to learn as much as we can about our own learners. And once we do that, if we decide that a one-on-one setting would be uh, more, more useful for, for our fellows, we move on and curate people. Um, I, I think I've shared that before, but when it comes to curation, I think there's a lot of curation that we can do. It's not only content curation. So we are t- trying to tap into this people curation part as well. So what we do is for the mentorship program, we curate three to five profiles for for each fellow from a mentor group that's already there. So we already have mentors waiting to be assigned to a mentee. And then we nudge the mentee to uh, make a decision about who they would like to work with and drive the conversation as as time goes by. Um, So yeah, I think we tie a lot into the challenges that the fellow has and the experience that the mentor can come come with. Uh, Those are the two things we look closely at. Mm, People curation. I absolutely love that. It's not something Mm -hmm. I've heard before, but it makes complete sense in terms of matching you up, i.e. starting with that problem, thinking about who it is, because 
there's going to be multiple angles and multiple ways of addressing a problem and then and allowing an individual to then make that informed choice about mm-hmm. actually I think they're going to be the one to to have mm-hmm. that uh, conversation with is a really interesting way of looking at it. In terms of those challenges um, that people might be experiencing, have, have you noticed any themes or patterns that have emerged from that from those conversations? Yes, 100%. So uh, one of the biggest things is learner engagement. Everyone is talking about it. Um, people are building things and then they are launching them and they can't see learners joining or even if they join, you know, there's a, um, I've actually recently seen this engagement range and people are rather in uh, lurker mode rather than participating and contributing, which it would be awesome to have. Um, so that's one big challenge. The other big challenge is this idea of a learning culture. So everyone um, talks about it, you know, we want to have a learning culture. And I think right now in our in our industry, there's a lot of chatter about that, but it's very on the surface, I would say. Like, I, I would like to see more more conversations about the the small behaviors that you need in a in a learning culture about what's in L&D's um role you know to and responsibilities and what's not because a lot of you know having a learning culture is about the you know, CEO the board let's say then people managers then learners themselves so there's a lot to um look out in the system if you want to build a learning culture so but people do come up with this challenge um we thought of building a learning culture and we want to start doing that and we don't know where where to start from and the third one just to to wrap it up that that comes to my mind is this idea of lifelong learning right because um if we know something is that the constant is change and everyone is hearing right now um that they need to learn how to learn and the question is how can we empower and how can we give the freedom and how can we create a structure in our organization where where people also learn how to learn not only you know they get content and information and and all that Mm, yeah three really important challenges there that i think really resonate with me as well in terms of what i'm hearing in the industry too are you how do you approach kind of best practice from those perspectives? Do you um, encourage people to share that with the community in, in certain ways? Yeah, um, we like every session that we have, um, there's all, all, always a space for questions and reflection. And we try to have reflection in pairs, in groups, so they can hear from each other, you know, even when when you hear that you have the same challenges as, as other people, there's a a sense of relief. Okay, I am not alone in this. So yeah, we encourage a lot of sharing either async or or synchronous. And and then yeah, just make sure that if we find someone that found a solution, although I have to be honest, it's really, really hard. Like these three challenges especially are extremely hard to tackle. So if we find someone that has even an idea about how to do that or about a small part from one of these challenges, we try to immediately bring them to the the community to to spark some conversation, to spark some inspiration for 
for yeah whoever's willing to listen mm. and you just mentioned reflection there as well and before mm. we we started recording we were speaking mm. a little bit about how important reflection is why do you think it's so important to allow people that space well you're <laughs> before starting recording you were just saying how uh, you also have this sense of okay, we're we're finishing this thing, and then immediately we are jumping into the next thing. And there's never a pause to doing, doing, doing. I think we do live in a society that that's very focused on doing and praises and encourages doing, but when it comes to learning, only doing and only you know learning in any method that that you can think of like e-learning or uh, live training or online training whatever um it's not always useful because at some point you get to hold so much knowledge that you might not be be uh, even aware of just because you didn't take a break to think of the things that you you've experienced, the things that you've learned, that you, you know, whatever insights you got from a whatever period of time, it can be a day, it can be a quarter, and then think of how you can do better next time, or or how can you improve your work, not make the same mistakes. Uh, we actually recorded a, a podcast ourselves with with someone that had such a brilliant idea. The difference between lessons identified and lessons learned. So lessons learned. So lessons identified is when you sit down, reflect, and think of what you've learned. And then there's lessons learned when you actually apply what you've learned. So there are so many facets to learning. And I feel like we are focusing a lot on consumption and less on figuring out what do we do with the content that we're consuming. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but... Yeah, it does. And, it, and it, I mean, it, again, it resonates with me and, and my perception of what we need to do more of um, as individuals, as, as companies, and providing the time for that to happen. It's always a challenge, like you say, because it's thinking about, well, we've finished one thing, we're mm-hmm. now on to the next, as you said. Um, and at what point do you create that moment for reflection? And it's quite, mm-hmm. I imagine it's quite tricky to, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, as part of my, my own practice, I provide myself the space, but mm-hmm. how do you do that for a group of people or a, or a mm-hmm. wider business? It's challenging. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's also a thing because I was talking about learning cultures and how it's not only in, in L&D's responsibilities to make sure that your organization is a learning culture. Um, I, I've seen many companies having post-mortems, pre-mortems, like a habit. It's, you know, it, it's a habit. It's something that we do after each project, before each project, you know. So there are these small things that you can do as an organization to make sure that reflection is integrated in everything that you do. Even if it's a project that you're you're doing, as I was saying, or if it's a learning process. Um, one-on-ones, people managers make, making sure that they create this space for people to, you know, reflection sometimes can be about ranting. It can be about getting your words out of, out of your brain, you know? So creating that space, it's everyone's responsibilities. And maybe L&D 
can do something. They can work to build awareness around the topic. But from then on, um, yeah, it's it's not only our our responsibility. Mm-hmm. And your so your background before you founded Offbeat was very people focused as well, mm-hmm. wasn't it? So you were you were um, involved in like, experience design, I think, for mm-hmm. an organization. Mm-hmm. Are there any lessons you've brought over from kind of that field into what you're doing? I'm sure there's loads. You're not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, a lot of things. Um, just to tie it back to what I was, I was just saying um, when, so I was to to give people a, a bit of a context. I started in HR, so I I didn't start in in an L and D pure role. I started in HR and then moved to learning and development first as a con- consultant for a product and technology department, and then as a people manager for for the whole uh, L and D team. And if there's something I I have learned throughout uh, this period for myself, not uh, in L&D, is exactly this reflection bit, you know, because every time I jumped into a new role, I was very, very eager. I was very, you know, I was putting all the work, all the hours. And then as time went by, I realized how many mis- mistakes I was doing before, I, b- because I didn't take the time to stop, you know, it, especially when I became a people manager, not taking the time to stop and listening to and asking questions about what's happening um, around me played a big part in all the mistakes that I, I made during that time. So that's one lesson that I learned for, for myself. And then something else is, is co-creation. Like every time we would involve our stakeholders in whatever we were doing, we could see spikes in in engagement, in in maybe behavior change, in whatever we wanted to achieve. So this idea of co-creation and there are not it's not stakeholder management, it's just partners we're building with. Um, that was a big lesson that that I learned and I'm I'm still trying to practice in in the small community in the big community how however however i can mm, stakeholder management is something that crops up in conversations all the time and like you framing it as that kind of relationship building mm-hmm. um as well is i think is a softer way of approaching that that mm-hmm. conversation and saying you know we can establish those relationships we can reinforce them and then we can mm-hmm. leverage them rather than stakeholder management sounds mm-hmm. very formal and, and difficult um, and so it's nice to kind of have that again, that more human perspective on mm-hmm. on people essentially. Um, what do you see as your kind of greatest opportunity this year, or greatest? I'm going to say opportunities because I'm sure it's going to be difficult to pin down. Oh my God, this is a difficult year. <laughs> I have to say, like it's it's especially for our community. I I can see everywhere how unfortunately people are getting laid off um you know not only lng teams but people teams in in general which is extremely painful to see but on the other hand i think there's a big opportunity to help there so we've we've been trying and we're still thinking of ways to yeah make sure we provide some sort of support to to those affected um and it, you know, I'm not seeing as seeing it necessarily as an opportunity. It's just that's what people are need during this time. So I would say that's one part, and the other part, it's it's just 
making sure that we bring modern practices to our field, whether if it's L&D or if it's the wider people space. Um, that's one of our biggest uh, focus. And we are trying to partner up for other products, learning products that we, we have in, in on our roadmap with really cool people to make sure that the ecosystem that we, we create has everything people need, L&Ds need to learn. Um, and, you know, every time here, you're going to look right and left uh, to, to see what Offbit can do for you, either if it's it's if it's a free resource that that we provide, or if it's a if it's a paid program. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, it's so good to see your focus there on again on the community and what you know mm-hmm. how you can help and and support people. I'm going to get a little bit meta here because you set up Offbeat as a response to teams not being able to find the time to develop themselves. Mm-hmm. How do you then? find the time to develop yourself as an L&D professional who's helping other L&D professionals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's hard as well. Um, I think, so the first thing I was also saying, I'm learning a lot on, on the job. So this role for me, the, you know, have, being a founder of something, it's stretching me beyond my limits sometimes. So there's a lot of learning happening there. But Connecting with people for me has always been the best way to to learn. Um, so every time I have the opportunity to meet someone from the community, which is quite often, I have to say, it's another moment for me to learn something new. And then beyond that, uh, I have mentors myself. <laughs> so um, again, stepping into this new role, I understood I have to... Um, Apart from the L&D hat that I still wear, I need to wear a a founder, a a business owner um, hat as well. And I had no idea how to do that. So I looked into my ecosystem and I I tried to understand who could could help me. I thrive in one-on-one conversations. So um, that's definitely something else that I I do. So just building this um, support system of mentors, therapists, um, coaches. Um, that's what I've been doing over this, this last few years, um, apart from, from learning on the job. And, you know, I'm, I'm improving. I'm trying to build some habits myself that, that are more about reflection as we were talking, like journaling or meditation or doing sports. I think, to be honest, I think we talk too less about it when it comes to learning. But what I understand living it myself is how important these things are to for you to actually have the space to take in challenges or new information or solve problems and so on. So I'm trying to to do more of that as well. Mm, and it's about taking yourself outside of the headspace of whatever it is you're concentrating on into a new activity and then like and giving yourself that time to reflect but also for your brain to kind of give itself time to actually learn and and piece mm-hmm. together what's happened um which is so important it's why so many of our good ideas come to us when we're taking a walk <laughs> or having a shower or whatever it is but um, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really important part of the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, what I suppose what to, to kind of round off the conversation because there's been so much insightful um, stuff shared. Thank you, Livinia. What's been your biggest surprise after setting up Offbeat, either positive or negative? 
I think you, you know, I I went into building Offbit with this mindset that because we are in in the learning space, we have all figured it out. So we know how to learn. We are very active and engaged in our learning process uh, as L&D professionals. And going into uh, talking to people and building things for L&D professionals, I realized there's a lot of support that we still need for us to figure things out. So I think my biggest insight was that as long as I, you know, help our function and our ecosystem learn, there's going to be, you know, triple uh, impact in other organizations because we talk a lot about these things, but we might not know how to do them ourselves. So everything we set up uh, at Offbit, uh, we we haven't nailed everything yet, obviously, but everything is is with this thing in mind. Okay, we have to build for lifelong learning, for continuous learning. We have to build for autonomous learning. So how do we build a space where L&Ds know what, what they need to learn. They have the, the freedom to, to learn whatever they want. They have the resources to learn whatever they want. Um, so yeah, that, that's my biggest insight. There's still a lot to learn ourselves before jumping into doing anything crazy for our organizations. I love that reflection. Thank you, Lavinia. That's yeah, it's a really powerful message to end on. And thank you so much for sharing so openly on this podcast. And thank you for for having me. I hope this this has been useful and I'm more than happy to connect with whoever is listening to this. I'm yeah, I'm over LinkedIn. I'm I'm there uh, to to talk to you. Perfect. Thank you. This podcast is powered by Thrive. We're a complete learning and skills platform creating modern learning solutions for modern businesses globally. Check us out.